This episode is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash RFR for your free audiobook download. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars News and Commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. It's always a good day when you go out to the mailbox. We got the latest issue of Star Wars Insider waiting for you. An even better day when it features a really badass photo of Jedi Luke. This is a great picture. Clad all in black. Looking kind of pissed. Kind of amused. And really good stuff. This is the uh, commemorative 30th anniversary of Return of the Jedi with the Special guest editor Warwick Davis, Jonathan Wilkins, the editor, full-time editor, Star Wars Insider, told us about this a few weeks ago, and it's a great issue. So if you see it on newsstands, please pick it up. There's some really, really great stuff in it, as only Star Wars Insider can bring you. But you're here for Star Wars Radio, and that's what we are here at Rebel Force Radio. This week's show for August 9th, 2013. So glad to be back with you. Thank you for joining us. Introductions in order. If you're new to the program, my name is Jason, and with me, my good friend and yours in Chicago, and I am myself soon to be in Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Yeah, that's right, Jason. We're preparing the uh, Rebel Force Radio Chicago Annex Studios for your big arrival this weekend. You're coming into town for Wizard World Chicago. We're going to be out there with the Rebel Force Radio microphones, talking to Star Wars fans, talking to celebrities, and just having a good old time. So we're looking forward to having you out here, Jason, and uh, looking forward to everything we got coming up on this week's show. We're talking about Star Wars television. We have more highlights from Star Wars Celebration Europe, including a special report from our man on the scene, Paul Bateman. And uh, we have uh, some other highlights from Mark Hamill's panel. We have a Jet Lucas interview from um, a very interesting source and uh, a whole lot more coming up this week. But I'm really excited about our special guest co-host. I am, too. It's been so long, too long. But we got him for the whole show. He's back with us. Where's Cardo? He's right here on Rebel Force Radio. Welcome back, Mister. Hey guys, <laughs> sorry. I, geez, what? I it what? For you. Oh, that What'd was you do? that was premature. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> not live. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, no, we're not. There's no do-overs. Oh. If you're gonna pull a bonehead move like that, we're putting it out there, Dan Curdo. There's no. Oh. There's no mulligans. Sure you guys want me back? <laughs> No, of course we want you back. We haven't been able to talk to you since all of the big news. I, I mean, this is your first time here on Rebel Force Radio. I yeah, think. we have gotten a lot of emails, people saying, where's Curto? Well, here he is. Yeah, yeah. I, Dude, I thought, the sequels? Really? Yeah, man. Episode oh. 7, 8, 9 happening. Oh, cool. When's that? Uh, 2015. Oh, nice. J.J. Uh, Abrams is going to direct. John Williams doing the music. Oh, cool. Oh, wait, I thought J.J. Abrams was a Star Trek guy. What? what well... It's like blowing my mind. That what last movie didn't do so well. <laughs> it didn't. I didn't see it. It didn't. I don't think it, it did. I, you know what? It, it certainly did not 
do well relative to the first one, I don't think. You're talking about know. box office numbers? Yeah, t- check out some box office mojo. Somebody, yeah. do, do, do the research. I got it, I got it. But Ladies I don't know what if it is if it's just that there were so many big movies this summer or what it was, but it just didn't feel like that one had the, uh, like people, like I, I felt like in 20, 2009 that people were buzzing about that first Star Trek film, that it, you just, it, you heard about it all summer long. And I thought with this one, there was all this foreplay about is it or isn't it, is it not con, all this stuff. And then the movie came out and it was just like, wah, 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 wah. well, you know what? Because the plot is wafer thin throughout the whole film, but the uh, special effects are mind blowing and the characters are dead on. It's good acting. Kirk seems Kirkier, Spock seems Spockier, but. <laughs> Yeah, Khan is in the movie, but who cares at the end because there's no no real story. But we have box office numbers. You just for spoiled you. it for me. It is Khan. It, it, oh, Khan! Jeez, yeah, the I, movie's I, been out for like three months, Mister Big Star Trek fan. Well, yeah, with an infant, so there's no chance of getting to the movie theater. You, you take him. I have it. I have it pre uh, pre ordered. It's going to be showing up here. The next couple of weeks. Well, anyway, he, here are the big right. numbers. Here are the big numbers. Okay. The right. uh, Star Trek film from uh, the, the first one from uh, oh, 2009 that had uh, 257 million plus. The current Star Trek, which is still in theaters, 226 million plus. So, oh, all right. They're, okay. they're, they're going to be neck and neck when uh, all is said and done. So, I, I don't think there's a. Maybe 09 had, you know, didn't have quite the. the, the the blockbuster lineup. It just felt to me that that movie was was uh, I don't know got got a lot more attention. Anyway, well, it was the first. Just, I haven't seen it yet. Well, you know, sorry, I spoiled it for you about. Con! <laughs> oh, please tell me that uh, Chris Pine belts out the con. Oh, dude, they do pay homage to that oh, entire oh. sequence of oh. Star Trek Two. All they- right, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't wait. Yes, no, can't yes. Wait. But anyway, no, we're here to talk about uh, Star Wars with Dan Curto. And Dan, I don't know if you heard, there's even bigger news than uh, Episode 7, 8, 9. You, you would think that that's the biggest news out there. No, it's not Rebels. No, it's not uh, John Williams coming back. It's that Rebel Force Radio has been nominated and is a finalist for a 2013 Parsec Award. Finally! We've been, nice. I think we've been nominated like every year. We are the Susan Lucci of the Parsec Awards. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, I think we've been nominated just less than 12 Parsecs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're a finalist. So here's the roster, Dan Curto. This is for yep. Best Speculative Fiction Fan or News Podcast. The, uh, th- these are news and commentary podcasts created by and for the fans of a given type of literary or entertainment work or series of works that have elements of speculative fiction. Example, podcasts found it focused on H.P. Lovecraft, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or The World of Time. Now, none of those franchises actually have nominees. So leading the pack is Rebel Force Radio, created by Jimmy Mack and yours truly, Followed by Doctor Who Radio, Free Scarrow, whatever that means, Two Minute Time Lord, I'm guessing another Doctor Who podcast. You got it. Commentary Trek Stars, and Doctor Who Verify, or Verity, Verity, oh, there's Brits. So Rebel Force Radio is up against three Doctor Who podcasts and a Star Trek podcast. Yeah, so I'm thinking... 
Yeah, know. exactly. I'm thinking that the who votes, the Doctor Who votes, <sighs> yeah, will will knock each other out. So it's as Frank Russo, it's Frank Russo all over again. Right. So as you know, as the galaxy works, it's Trek versus Wars. That's what it's going to come down to. All right. You think so? I've not heard of um, commentary Trek stars, but you know what? I I love me some Star Trek, so I might bet you they saw the Uh movie. (laughs) (laughs) Did ass. (laughs) Curdo, do you have an air conditioning unit on or something in the background? Who? Curdo. Me? Yeah. Because I hear something in my headphones. It sounds like popping corn or something. Nope. Oh, it does sound like he's got bubble wrap or something. He's snapping. Who does? Curdo. Curdo's got bubble. He's sitting on a big. Roll of bubble wrap. Well, that would be because I got a whole bunch of new action figures in the mail today. All right, uh, hold on, hold on. Don't jump all from Captain Bubble Wrap. Are you seriously opening action <laughs> figures during the show? What? I'm just sitting here in my chair. I'm not doing anything. I thought he was unwrapping action. Figures. All right, all right, all right. So we got show. What do you got, mean? Yeah, this is the show. We've got Dan Curto for the whole show here. We're going to do some headlines. <laughs> I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. You gotta love this headline. ABC mauling TV shows based on Star Wars characters. I'm gonna take a very pensive scratch on the chin here, mulling this over. Network is in talks with Lucasfilm for new programs. So um, the, the, the story, according to Reuters, is that executives are in talk with Lucasfilm to bring new TV shows from the Star Wars universe. Uh, Paul Lee, who's the president of ABC, of course, it is a company that is also owned by Disney, uh, said that we've started conversations with them. I have an inkling in my mind, but they have a lot on their plate. He was telling a bunch of TV critics recently about what there might be in terms of the future of Star Wars on television. We do know that Star Wars Rebels is going to take place on Disney XD, but what about a live-action series on ABC, of course, we do know that Disney, through their Marvel division, is uh, putting out Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, this is going to be on, what, this fall, guys, do we know? Is that? Yes. Is it, so it's premiering. You know, th- there's very little in terms of commitment on this. I, to me, I think that we are a good, 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 good three to four years out before we see anything live action uh, for Star Wars. We, we, here's what we know. We know we're going to have Rebels in the fall of 2014. Uh, we're going to have episode seven in 2015. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that if we're going to get a standalone film every other year, staggered in between the proper enumerated films, that we should actually, within the next year, I would assume, be hearing about what that film is going to be, and perhaps production might even start on that within the next I don't know, 12 months. You know what, Jason? I'm surprised we haven't actually heard about it already. We, we know that they're working on standalone films, and we've heard rumors about a Boba Fett film. We've heard rumors about a Han Solo film, a young Han Solo film, but we have not heard any sort of confirmation about those films being in pre-production yet. And that, to me, seems rather startling. Now, yes, they are dealing with a lot with episode seven at this point. So you have to imagine all the resources at Lucasfilm. They're working on episode seven. Those who aren't working on the animated show. And maybe there's just a group 
right now working on what could be the first standalone film. And hopefully work on that will ramp up by the end of the year. And then we'll start hearing stuff about it. I think by the end of this year, we should be hearing what that first standalone film is. What do you guys think? Do you think that the uh, the TV show could be fast-tracked? Or are we looking at... no? Pat, you know, much past 2015 before we get a, a TV show. Yeah, again, like I said, I think all resources are pointed at episode seven at this moment. So, yeah, I think once they get the film franchise back up and running, get that machine working, then they can focus on television. But, I mean, how much is going to be actually handled by ABC and how much is going to be handled over at Lucasfilm? This could be an ABC television show without any involvement from Lucasfilm. I know that sounds hard to believe right now, but that might be the case. Because let's face it, Lucasfilm, look at the title. Film. Film is in the title. That is what their focus is. So maybe some of this stuff might be farmed out to ABC talent. And maybe, I mean, how does it work with Marvel? Is Marvel Studios producing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Dan? Yeah. So that is a Marvel yeah. Studios thing. Joss Whedon, who did the Avengers movie, is involved yeah. with the TV show. Okay, okay. So, so you know, I mean, just by looking at that, that sort of template, then maybe, yeah, Lucasfilm will be handling it. I, I find it hard to believe that they could pull off something like a, a, a Star Wars TV series without... I don't think it is going to happen anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. No. I mean, we've been hearing about a live-action TV show since, what, 2005? Yeah, but, yeah, but it, it's it won't a new be day. That. You can't even compare what's no. going on. Right, right. But, I mean... My my thought when all this merger and acquisition stuff happened in the fall was that they would take those scripts from the live action show and turn it into whatever Star Wars Rebels turns out to be. No, I don't think so. You don't I think, think so? No, I, I think Star Wars Rebels is totally a fresh start. I think it's totally its own thing. If if it's going to be taking from any other material, it might be continuing some situations or characters that we saw in Clone Wars. But I don't think they're going to be dipping into those scripts. I think those scripts are shelved. And I think they're shelved permanently at this point. I really do. Because there was going to be an attempt to tie it in with the video game, 1313. The plug got pulled on the video game. So that, to me, just tells me that they're taking that resource and they're going to set it aside. It's going to have nothing to do with Star Wars Rebels. And it's going to have nothing to do with anything that's being talked about right now as far as a future ABC television series. What what probably is being talked about, what could you imagine is being talked about as far as a Star Wars television series? What would that... I mean, the, the possibilities are really endless. Well, I think you would have to look beyond, you know, obviously the, the main characters. I, I think that, you know, if we look to the, the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as an example... You've got kind of a sort of the, I guess, more or less the subplot. Now, this character that's going to be the lead character in this uh, TV series, his character is dead in the film timeline, right? Didn't he get killed in Avengers? That agent? Uh, well, that seems to be uh, a mystery they're going to. Uh, What's the name of the agent? Agent Coulson. Right. Coulson. Agent Coulson, right. So, so he's dead, but he's in the TV show. Right. So if you're looking yes. at this on a level of character importance to the overall saga of Marvel. How does that compare to something that would fit into the Star Wars saga? What could you take out of Star Wars? Like ABC took Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they said, we'll make that into a show. What can Rogue you- Squadron. Rogue right Squadron. Rogue Squadron. 
Oh, you know what? There used to be rumors of a Rogue Squadron animated show as far back as the 90s. You used to hear stories about a Rogue Squadron animated show, and that would be a great idea. That really would be. Or, you know, you could reboot Love Boat, and Lando could be the captain, and the boat could be Cloud City. And well, every week you have celebrities <laughs> coming in and out of Cloud City, interacting with Lobot. They're B-list celebrities. This is this is Disney. They have to appeal to a younger audience. So we won't see Cloud City Love Boat. We'll see no, no, Cloud no, no. City High School. This is ABC. This High is... School Bespin. High School Bespin. <laughs> okay, I like that. Right? Love it. Maybe it's, you got a couple of Ugnaughts walking around as teachers. Instead of Degrassi Junior High, you have Cloud City Junior High. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, see, I'm not thinking about Disney Channel or children's programming. I'm thinking of adult primetime programming on ABC. Like Love Boat was a staple for yeah. years on Saturday nights. You could bring in like... Um, what, if, what if it was Love Boat, but it was Jabba's sail barge? <clears throat> was that work? No, because it's too confining. Oh. It's too confining. Well, I guess the Love Boat was pretty confining, too. Well, but. yeah. Just do a Tales of Moss Eisley Cantina. Everybody comes in and out. They've got their stories to tell. And you could have a rotating cast every week, a new actor, whoever the hot actor is. You know what I mean? Hmm. So same kind of idea, but instead of traveling, you're stuck there. I think one of the problems with Star Wars is that there's gonna, people are going to be really hung up on canon. I really do. I think yeah. that Star Wars fans are really hung up on this. Whereas with the with – we've talked about this many times on the program – where with, with the – existing comic book universes it's accepted that they get rebooted once in a while it's accepted that different authors and different artists bring in certain aspects and that there's you know that you don't take it too literally in terms of the chronology but with star wars it's going to be difficult so i think you're going to either have to go big or you're going to have to go really small and if it's really small a la weekway janitor which we used to talk about it's like well who cares well i mean it doesn't just have to be a drama either because there are a lot of different genre shows under the ABC umbrella, like politics. You could have This Week with George Stephanopoulos and Klee Glars. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, there's family programming. You could have Moss Espa's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, clearly. Or f- for reality show freaks, you can have Extreme Weight Loss Hut Edition. <laughs> so, you know, the, the one who looks most like a worm at the end of the season wins. <laughs> Desperate Housewives, Leia, Padme, Baru. You know, oh. they all got their stories to tell. That's, oh. No, but it would be Desperate Handmaidens. Corday, Sashay, Dorme. Rabe. Oh, wait, she died. What'd you say, Sashay? I think, wasn't there, there, wasn't there one named Sashay? <laughs> Look it up. Uh, sure, why not? Sashay. Come on. <laughs> Sashay. Yeah. Well, that could that be was, the new one. There's, right? there's She's your, the uh, star. Ethnic character. Right. <laughs> Sashay. There has to be a Sashay. Ethnic character. <laughs> the possibilities are endless for a Star Wars TV show, but you know clearly they're they're. Uh, I think you're right. If they yeah. are slave to continuity, then they limit themselves. I mean, look look at what happened with Star Trek over the years. You know, they had to reboot to, to keep it going and do something fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, they could have Star Wars that don't have anything to do with the overall continuity. It could stand on its own. But yeah, I mean, we'll, there's a lot of things you could do. I mean, I mean, just actually just having a series about you know maybe uh, the Jedi Temple. And, you know, following a generation or a, a class, if you will, of actually think about a live action version of 
the Younglings arc and the Clone Wars could be kind of interesting. I tell you what I don't want to see. What don't you want to see? Darth Vader every week. No, please no. Oh, wait a minute now. Nope, 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 nope. At this point, it needs to reclaim villain persona. And a really good way to do that, I think, would to be use him very sparingly. Yeah, you sound like Luke is like, well, we're not going to see any of the main characters anymore. We're not gonna no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm not saying that. He introduced new characters, but Vader should be someone that is feared. Oh. And the problem is everybody knows Anakin, and Anakin's a wuss. And that's what, well, Vader must be that too. But when we were kids growing up with the classic trilogy, man, Vader scared us. So they kind of recapture that. And if they have him every single week, then they're going to have to tell new stories about him. They're going to have to reveal more. No, we've already gone through all that. You know, Paul Bateman one time, I think we've told this story before. He may have said it on the air, but Paul Bateman one time had the greatest setup to a Boba Fett story that I've ever heard. Have you talked about that on the air? Because you told me that off the air one time. <laughs> I think we have talked about this on the air. Okay. No, Paul, Paul this was Paul's idea for a, a Boba Fett story. I remember, Dan, I did tell you about this. Yeah. So, so it would open up. You see, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, Tim Morrison-looking Boba Fett, right, going to get uh, to, to board Slave One, and there's a, there's a blaster shot, and he goes down. And you don't see who it is, but somebody somebody takes the suit, takes the helmet, and that's the Boba Fett that we see in The Empire Strikes Back. So he becomes a man of mystery once again. And I thought that was a really cool idea. That he could be the man with no name, that he could be the man of mystery once more. It's a perfect way to forge a reboot, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, I have a list of handmaidens. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And it's Sashay, one of them? Hey, listen, you know I wouldn't let this one go. This is, here's my list from Wikipedia. We have Sabe, Ayerte, Rabe, Yane, Corde, Dorme, and yes, Sashay. You were right. Right, How yeah. many of these, if any, have been made into plastic? Action figures. Sabe um, has had a couple because she decoy because she was the deco she was the decoy so anytime they made a figure of padme amidala or queen amidala in the decoy costume that was sabe that one is a decoy was played by kira knightley right mm, kira knightley my yes. favorite is the um and rabe was also rabe oh that's right because she's the one i'm sorry my lady i fixed you <laughs> right she's the one that gets iced at the beginning of ep2 uh, no, that's Corday. Oh, that's Corday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she my favorite is the albino one. What? <laughs> well, seriously, she's she's not an albino, but she's very blonde. Ayerte. What? Yes. Ayerte. There is a blonde. blonde there one. is a blonde. I even made a custom. She's action not fooling thing. anybody. No. Well, no. That's why they wear <laughs> those not... hoods. <laughs> what? Oh man. <laughs> so you know what? They never really did. Kind of fess up to that right in the movie did they i don't really feel like they ever i don't know they never really explored that that whole notion of the of the decoys oh she just sort of stood up and said no i'm really padme and then the other one just said right well i'm i'm gonna step aside but anytime that 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 she goes oh you better (laughs) (laughs) anytime that that you're the much good friends with the Gungans. Oh my goodness! 
I love it. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I had to. The chain's coming off of Curto. So every time we see her actually talking, it's 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 uh, Portman, right? I think yes, so. For the most part. Kira Knightley played the decoy in Phantom yeah. Menace. Right. She played the main decoy. Uh, I'm but pretty she sure never, she never talks. No, I think you hear her she voice. Does. She does I have think, a couple lines. I she think does? you hear her voice. Yeah. 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 But it's always like like when she says, Yeah, sure, her heart goes with you. That that scene, that was that was Portman, right? That I believe was. Yeah. Yeah, because that actually was Padme going, you know, she was about ready to face because, the Senate. So that well, you know, she, she was thought Padme was a handmaiden. Right. Whole time they were on Tatooine, and that's the one Anakin fell in love with. Are you an angel? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. He thought she was just a handmaiden. Boy, she is so affected when she said, Her hot girl is here. <laughs> she is she's, she, she's almost like channeling Mick Jagger there for a second. <laughs> My hot girl is here. You know, I mean, really. All right, all right. And then she disappears behind that partition. They should have shown that part where Jake Lloyd then walked out of the room and kind of like shivered and went, "Whoa, that was weird." <laughs> that was really weird. Right. Okay, speaking of shivering and weird, all right. I never thought I would see the day when George Lucas's son appears with Chris Spice <laughs> on Spice's YouTube show. Now, if you don't know, Chris Spice, funny guy, runs the runs Sand Troopers over there. Dan, you're 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 good buddies with him. Jimmy, he's a fellow Chicago guy, so you've known him for years. Right. Uh, always gracious, and the guy gives back uh, a lot when it comes to charity. He's always uh, out there uh, doing all kinds of uh, charity work and in raffles and all kinds of fun stuff at conventions. But you know, let's let's face it. You know, uh, he is he's he's the he's the NASCAR of Star Wars fandom. <laughs> and and so it's an odd pairing to think that he's hanging with Jet Lucas. But nonetheless, um I subscribe to his YouTube show, so I open up my YouTube and there there's Jet Lucas and Chris Spice together. Uh by the way, if you haven't seen any of Chris's uh action figure reviews, his YouTube action figure reviews, they're hilarious. You gotta watch some of these things. He's he's so serious about these figures. <laughs> it's so great. You got to check it out. But anyway, so Jet Luke is hanging out with Chris Spice. Now, now um, uh, Curto, what do you know about this? How did these guys meet? Okay, so while everybody was focused on Celebration Europe last week, there was another show going on in Pittsburgh, and that's where Jet Lucas was appearing. Okay. So Spice brought out the sand, ba- uh, the wait, battle station, the bunker. The, wait, 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 wait. Jet in, yep. Lucas was appearing? He was on the roster of guys signing autographs? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But I don't know that he's ever seen any before. So he's he's signing his Zet Jukasa whatever. He did. Yep. He uh, certainly did. So so what's going on here? Seriously. Is this like is is he trying to like get back at his dad for something? What's going on? Why is he doing these conventions? Is he going rogue? Is he trying to get his piece of the pot here? What's well, of course he is. Of course he is. You know what, George? Listen, George Lucas has said publicly, I think most recently was with the interview he did with Oprah Winfrey last year. He said that when my kids reach the age of 18, they're on their own. They have to go earn their own money. They have to take care of themselves and be responsible for their own lives. They I can't think he just- said, I'm rich, you're not. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that was the quote. We can find it. We've got it. So that's what's all about. And of course, you know, I mean, we don't fault guys who go out and sign no. autographs. Oh, no, no, it's, not at all. It's it's great no, to he's be able also to also like in in a in a TV show behind the camera. Yes, yeah, um, Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. He works on the TV show Chicago Fire, and that's actually shot a lot here in Chicago. So Jet Lucas sightings in town. I thought he was in town because of Melody Hobson, who's in Chicago all the time. But apparently he's in town for professional reasons as well. He's working on this network TV show Chicago Fire. Okay. So he's hanging with our man Chris Spice. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so Chris interviewed Jet for his uh, YouTube show. Yeah, and, and we have it. We have a clip right here. This is uh, Chris Spice talking with George Lucas's son. Crazy. Who did you enjoy working with the most in e- either of the films? Um, well, I mean, technically we didn't work together, but we hung out a lot. It was Hayden. Hayden. We just we spent a lot of time together. He was like an older brother to me for two summers, basically. I mean, I actually I ran into him um, at the wedding reception, and he uh, it was it was surreal. I'm sure. It was like running into a, a bigger brother. Yeah, always good to get together yeah, with Yeah, it was fun. Friends. It was a lot of fun. All right. So uh, Jet Lu is apparently very close with Hayden Christensen on the sets of uh, Ep 2 and 3, um, hanging out during the summers. Of course, Hayden, or excuse me, Jet Lucas really grew up on the set of Star Wars. Uh, if, you, if you think back to Episode 1, he was just a little kid. In fact, I remember George saying that like Gungan and some of the different words that he came up with were words that uh, Jet was saying as a, as, a, as a young child. That's true. Definitely the Gungan. That was mm-hmm. definitely a Jet Lucasism, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, interesting. So Hayden, um, Hayden also uh, that reminded me that he was at the uh, wedding reception. Which Jim, I remember we were talking about the wedding that we thought that was uh, interesting because here's a guy who hasn't had a lot to do with Star Wars at all, at least in a public fashion, but clearly has enough of a uh, a fondness for George that he would find himself on the guest list and show up. So. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, it sure sounds like he's a member of the family, essentially. I mean, Jet considers him to be an older brother. At least he considered him to be that way over the course of a few summers. So really cool stuff. Um, you know, the, the sight of, of Spice sitting next to Jet there at the uh, Steel City <laughs> Comic Con in uh, Pittsburgh is uh, is really interesting. And, and the conversation I was talking about surreal. That's surreal. It is surreal because usually when I see Chris Spice, he's sitting on a bar stool. So, um, but you know what? He's he's no stranger to doing interviews. Chris has done a few interviews in the past. As a matter of fact, he was my wingman at the George Lucas, the adventure with George Lucas at the uh, Siskel Center back in two thousand nine, and Spice was there. Why well, didn't know Spice was there? Yeah, he was. He was there. He actually asked uh, GL a few questions, even. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. So he's uh, he's talked to a few Lucases, and uh, he uh, continued to talk to Jet about fans and how fans continue to support the franchise in the way they do. We do. Something never ceases to amaze me. As long as I've been around Star Wars, is the passionate, the passion, the dedication. Oh, and, it's incredible! It's especially when you, you know, my dad put so much passion into it mm-hmm. to have it return tenfold is incredible. Well, I just got some breaking news. Actually, I was looking at my Twitter feed. Uh, Celebration Seven is going to be in Anaheim, California. Um, 
Celebration Europe took place this past weekend. It did. It I'm wondering did. why unfortunately, we're sitting here. Yeah, why aren't we there. in Germany? Why, why are we here? I, you know, we could be we could be up in the beer gardens right now, but unfortunately, we submitted and were declined. Um, so, talk to the proper authorities about that one. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> this right? Am I hearing this right? Yeah. That that Jet Zucasa was was denied an appearance at the Autograph Alley and the Celebration Europe. That's what it sounds like. That's yeah. Which which blows my mind. You're talking the son of George Lucas and a guy who wasn't you know featured prominently in the films as far as dialogue and stuff but this is a convention where you got the guy who was the puppeteer for Jabba the Hutt's right arm signing autographs so i don't understand the level of standards where you say no to a jet lucas and make him go to pittsburgh steel city con to make his debut with signing spice. autographs i mean with spice <laughs> so that is that's the question, you know, why, why maybe George said, no, don't, I don't want him at my shows. He's got to earn his own money his own way. He can't be milking yeah, this. But, but, I mean, but come George, on. George is retired. I mean, George has got the, he's got the Panama Jack hat and the black socks and the wingtips and the shorts and the camera around his neck. I mean, he's, he's retired, right? Polo shirt, Hawaiian shirt, probably. Yeah, but he's still the patriarch. Do you think that George actually saw these applications coming through the people wanting to, to, to have their, and he looked at Jet and he goes, I'm Star Wars. You're not. Ooh. Maybe. Wow. No Lucas and Sons. But, <laughs> I mean, you well, know. When they we, have a Chicago Fire convention, he can deny George. <laughs> I'm Chicago Fire. You're not. Well, it's very interesting. So, Jim, hopefully, since he's hanging out with Spice. Yeah. He's hanging out in Chicago. I put the challenge out that if we can have him here on Rebel Force Radio, we got a lot. We got a lot. Uh, we got to get to the bottom of all this. And what's this all about them having Nerf gun wars in the hotel lobby? What, Curdo? You know, what happens at the hotel stays at the hotel. I'm not- <laughs> and it gets commented on Rebel Force Radio. Yeah. Bring it. Right, right, right. right. I I wasn't able to go to that show. Um, I I was holding out for Germany until the last minute, and then that didn't work out. So uh, Spice was like, why don't you come out here? I said, yeah, I can't. Because I had just gotten back from vacation in Disney, so... Right, right. The annual Curdo uh, extravaganza in Disney. Yes, this is the last one, though. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What do you mean this last trip? Because my my kids are all grown now and uh, going off to uh, live their own lives. Wait, wait, wait. You're shutting them out like Lucas does? Well, no, shutting them out. They ain't gonna have time for mom and dad anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, so are you good? But you're still gonna go to Disney because I think, I think we'll give it a few years before we go back. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You're gonna go back to Disneyland in 2015. This April is true. 15, right? This is true. Yeah, Actually, uh, possibly next year as well. But <laughs> Wait, well, then what are you saying? <laughs> Disneyland. I'm talking Orlando Disney World. Oh, uh, technicalities. Yes. So, so. <laughs> So I'm, I'm thinking. You know, I only go to ride Star Tours and get the new action figure sets. So, right. I, you know, my wife is like, "Don't you have enough of these?" I go, "No, this is brand new." Enough of these. That's hilarious. Yeah. For these, does she know who you are? She, she. Well, no. She doesn't know that freaking Dan Curdo. Yeah. Oh no, no. He's separate worlds, man. Do you think if you got married again, Never. your new wife would? Say, I know, but would your <laughs> new wife say? 
Don't you have enough of these? <laughs> Wouldn't your new wife know that she was marrying Dan Curdo? <laughs> like, like, if I got married again, would my new wife say, what do you have to talk about? Two hours a week about Star Wars. A lot, man. A lot. A lot. There's so, always something going on. Well, we're if not, you make uh, stuff up. The future next Mrs. Swank would not ask such a question. <sighs> the problem here with me personally is that I, I basically, my office and my garage is the uh, the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark with boxes and crates everywhere. <laughs> so so I kind of see her point. Yeah. Hopefully don't open up one of those boxes and get all possessed or melt like a wax, like a crayon. I don't know. Some that stuff. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So there you have it. Uh, Jet Lucas on uh, the Chris Spice program on YouTube. You can find it at, I don't know, you just like search for uh, Spice Troopers on, uh, or Sand Troopers. Sand Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> don't give them any ideas. Yeah. Right. But I'll tell you what, all you have to do is go to Sand Second. <laughs> all you have to do is go to SandTroopers.com. The links to all the videos are there. And we'll be catching up with Chris this weekend at Wizard World Chicago. Oh, and I don't know. Yeah. He's going to hear all this, and then I'm going to have to see him. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right. Let's talk today. He's planning on going. Rebel Force Radio. All right, before we go any further, I do want to thank our good friends at Audible.com. They are back with us here this month, and we thank them so much. They are the number one provider of spoken audio entertainment. That's right, audio books. From the classics to the latest and greatest bestsellers, they've got you covered and we're going to team up with them to give you a free audiobook of your choosing. This is what you do. Go to this URL. You go to audiblepodcast.com. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E podcast.com slash R-F-R. Sign up today. They've got over 150,000 titles to choose from. I know you can find one. Sign up today, and you can download your free audiobook. Here's the best part about Audible. You can download as many times as you want. Lots of different formats, something to fit every device, whether it be an iPhone or an Amazon or, excuse me, an iPhone or an Android app, uh, a device. It doesn't matter whether you just want to burn it in the lossless format on CD. They've got you covered over there at audiblepodcast.com slash RFR. And we do want to encourage you to check out all of their different Star Wars titles. So if you're just catching up on the Expanded Universe or if you're brand new to the Expanded Universe, you want to check out their massive collection. These things are like mini movies, audio versions of mini movies that you can listen to in your car. I got a big road trip to Chicago. Maybe I'll download me a new Star Wars audiobook to listen to on the trip out there. One more time, audiblepodcast.com slash RFR. So, so Dan, we want you to stick around. We've got a uh, we got Paul Bateman. He's going to be joining us here. We caught up with Paul earlier today because you know there's a huge time difference. So we wanted to talk to Paul. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, you. Oh, that's right because you work very closely <laughs> with with uh, James Burns uh, for the Curto Burns podcast. So uh, you know about the time difference. So we we actually had to talk to uh, Paul earlier today. I was actually driving home uh, from the day job. As this was going on, this was a good time. We we got to talk to Paul about his exploits at Celebration Europe 2. So here it is, our talk with Paul Bateman. Hello, hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, Paul. 
Long time no chat. Uh, how you doing, mate? Doing well. You're too busy being the uh, big traveler and not <laughs> at the convention without us. Yeah, did you miss that? us? How, 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 how much did you miss us? Do you know what? Massively. It was really weird not having you guys around. It was weird not being there. Yeah, it really was. So who'd you hang with? Just everybody and, and anybody. Correct me if I'm wrong. This was your first time at a celebration where people could actually purchase your artwork, correct? Yes. A very, a very first time. So it was it was a little strange. But uh, yeah, kind of cool. Good good fun. It was nice to see people kind of queuing up for the Stein and what have you. Right, right. The Stein of Vader's Castle. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a piece of Ralph McQuarrie artwork that you essentially finished? It was an it, unfinished piece? It certainly was, yeah. Um, Lucasfilm kind of reached out to me and asked me to, to paint it up, which was a big surprise and an absolute delight. So it was nice to, to get the opportunity to do it. And mm. it kind of felt a little strange, but it was really, really good fun to do and uh it looks like it may be the first of many so that's good yeah that now, is Paul, good for those uh, for those that aren't uh, familiar with the original how unfinished was it is this something that was uh a, a, one of ralph's uh pencil drawings or was it more it detailed was, than that ralph did it like a number of of little thumbnails of the castle and all, all different kinds of castle and this was one that was particularly well worked out so it was, uh, it was, it was very, very kind of polished, but just like a little, little marker study. Was it something that was created for Return of the Jedi? I actually think it was Empire originally. Empire, but, uh, really? I think so. Because I know that there was talk of including Vader's castle as a possible location for Return of the Jedi, but I didn't. I never heard that it was supposed to be included in Empire. Well, yeah, there's a bit of overlap. You know, I get confused about this sort of stuff because and I know that, you know, Ralph developed all kinds of concepts on, on Hoth as well, which, you know, obviously was, a, you know, some of the initial ideas for what the Rebel base might be and you know, an, an abandoned fortress and all that kind of stuff. So there is a little bit of overlap. So I could be getting confused. It's, it's, late, it's late over here. <laughs> <laughs> so people were buying the Stein and um, yeah. did you have other artwork that was available there, for sale? There was a lithograph too, so that my, my first job when I arrived at Celebration was to sit down for a, a few hours and just sign every litho. So um, it's, it's, it was an unusual experience for me because I'm, you know, it's not it's not something that I normally do. I'm not really kind of a uh, like a, a print kind of person, but because it was Ralph, there was there was no saying no to that. You know. Now you have signed, in fairness, you've signed a few trading cards at a Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea yeah. was that? Then, eh? But, You're uh, not too, totally uh, unfamiliar. <laughs> Absolutely. I need more. <laughs> but uh, it was a fantastic convention. I can't tell you how much fun it was, you know, despite the fact that a lot of, a lot of friends weren't there. It was, it was surprising in lots of different ways. Well, Essen was just absolutely lovely. I mean, it, not that I was expecting it to be not lovely, but, you know, it was, it was surprising how hot it was. And, you know, when, when, when Celebration Europe happened in England last, you know, I mean, it, it kind of made me laugh the number of visitors who kind of were expecting us all, all to be wearing bell hats and, you know, <laughs> know the Queen. And yet, you know, here's me going to Germany with, you know, equally ridiculous assumptions that, you know, I wouldn't be able to get vegetarian food, that uh, there'd be lots of sausages on the menu, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, obviously, it was nothing of the sort. I mean, it was uh, very cosmopolitan. Almost everybody spoke English better than, than we do over here. Uh, um and uh, it was just a really, really friendly, really kind of modern, multicultural city, and lots of lots of stuff to see and do. Amazing food, really affordable. So I can definitely recommend anybody that's you know never been to Germany who's a little kind of intimidated by the fact that they all speak uh, German 
to 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 not worry and just go have a great time because it was uh, it was a cool place to visit and I'll definitely be going back. So you were there as a as a civilian and as uh, a, an artist both. Um, well, how much time was dedicated doing you know the things that you just wanted to hang out and do, and how much was you know was it was it kind of laid out for you things that you needed to do. Well, I went in with the with the insider posse, you know. So you know, ordinarily I'd, I'd, I'd go in, you know, representing Ralph. But uh, it was it was a little bit of everything this time because obviously I wasn't there, sort of selling Ralph stuff, um, other than you know the stuff that the the official shop was putting out. Um, so you know, most of the time I spent with the uh, the insider guys, Jonathan and uh, and Ben, and um, I went around, took a lot of a lot of photographs, you know, and. Uh, and just tried to sort of spread the love because there were lots of lots of people there who who we obviously knew and what have you. Um, I went to all the all the you know a lot of the press scholars and stuff like that and some of the some of the kind of you know private get-togethers and parties and stuff like that and just generally kind of hung out with all the all the serious hardcore Star Wars fans you know so it's it's pretty much the same as as usual just with a with a lot less work. So so Paul yeah you love the city you loved hanging out with fans. Did you get a chance to see any panels? I did, yeah. What? I mean, uh, the, my priority was to to see all the artist panels. So I wanted to see what what Doug Chang and Ian McKaig had to say, and 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 if they might, you know, talk about Episode Seven or or uh, at least drop a few hints and what have you. So um, that was that was the one panel I was absolutely determined to to go see. So um, I checked that out, and that was really really interesting. Um, they didn't give anything away, but but they they sort of gave a few kind of impromptu. Uh, lessons to the audience and they they picked like specific people that said that they couldn't draw which was which was really funny and walk them through kind of like you know draw this draw that so uh yeah it was really funny there's like doug in particular got got a guy out of the audience and who said i've never drawn in my life i have no idea how to draw and got him drawing a battle droid so that was that was really good but warwick warwick was amazing this this year he was fantastic he was so funny he just, he just got. He was so sharp, really quick-witted, and and just brilliant, really entertaining. I think this is the first convention where I've seen a lot of panels. You know, and ordinarily I'm sort of glued to the stand, but this time it was, uh, it was nice to sort of, you know, sit and all the way through things. But I, I did, I did the Mark Hamill panel, which was fantastic. Hey, let me ask you a question about that Hamill panel. Um, yeah. Now, did he actually reveal that he had performed a voice? For the Clone Wars on an episode that has not been released. Yeah, he did. So what exactly did he have to say about that? Because I've been knocking myself out trying to find somebody who captured video or audio of that, and I am having no luck at all. Do you know, I didn't get audio, but I can tell you what he said. I mean, he he basically sort of said he asked the audience whether or not um, anybody had, you know, whether or not there were still Clone Wars episodes left to air, and he obviously wasn't. Uh, too familiar with whether or not you know they'd all been shown or not and um so obviously a few people in the audience said um no there's definitely more to come there's like maybe half a season or whatever like next year or whenever whenever they're gonna get around to putting them on and um mark basically just sort of said well you know you know not so many words but he basically sort of said well you know i did a voice for it and then um he said that he'd spoken to dave and said is this something i should kind of be keeping quiet about and then um i think dave said Maybe, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to keep quiet about it. Um, but he said, he said, so, you know, I won't, I won't tell you everything, but basically all I can tell you is it was a Darth. A Darth. So everybody went crazy, kind of, you know, Darth, you know, Darth who? And he said it was important in the um, prequel trilogy. So that's all, that's all he said. All right. Uh, so let's, let's uh, go down the list here. He obviously <laughs> 
I don't think they would bring him in to voice Darth Vader. I don't see that working in any way, shape, or form. Um, And, uh, of course, uh, Darth Sidious is already spoken for. Um, You have uh, Darth Tyrannus, Count Dooku, again. That role's Mm. already been filled. Darth Maul, Sam Witwer's been doing a great job with Darth Maul, so uh, no no need to bring Mark in for that. Mm. Someone told me... That it ties into episode one. Paul, did you just say that? Yeah. I okay, mean, sorry. He, he made some kind of, you know, yeah, he made some remark that was about it was important to the prequels, which made me immediately assume Plagueis. Yeah, right, Darth Plagueis. But, but, I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, it's it's hard to tell, isn't it? And I, I'm not sure how familiar Mark is with the prequels. You know, I mean, I'm sure he's seen them, but, but um, you know, uh, the... Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was something from one of the books or, you know, comics or. Well, it could know. be Darth Plagueis. It could be, but uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna propose this that it's actually Darth Bane. Uh, a lot of people forget that Darth Bane is a creation of George Lucas. It appeared mm. Darth Bane's first appearance was in the novelization for Episode One. He was mentioned as a reference as a guy who re sort of uh, rebooted the Sith. And um, and it's it's quite possible that Darth Bane could be included in an episode of Clone Wars because we had heard that they created a Darth Bane model going way back for the Mortis trilogy. Remember that? When there are a couple of Darths that they sculpted, I seem to I remember. think they did Darth Revan, too. Uh, so it yeah. could be one of those, two if they already have the character models. And mm. we understand that the Yoda arc is supposed to take place at a Sith temple in some way. Uh, wow. it, it could be that maybe Yoda gets a vision of Darth Bane or Darth yeah. Revan or even Darth Plagueis. Um, at a Sith temple. Did, was there anything mentioned about a, a Sith temple in a future episode of Clone Wars? Um, yeah, not, not that I can remember. But, um, I mean, there was much, obviously, when, when Dave came on, Dave Filoni, he was, he was chatting all about Rebels quite, quite heavily. But um, he, he didn't mention anything about the... He said very little about what, what was left of the Clone Wars and, and Mark. I don't think Mark hinted any more than that. I think it was just... You know, he kind of looked serious and moody and scary and said, you know, it's a Dolph, you know, <laughs> which was enough. You know, that was like, cool, Mark Hamill's playing a Dolph. Cool well, are there any other Darth candidates we're not thinking of right here? I mean, did I? Uh... He's there, isn't he? He's, he's uh, the fountain of all things bookie. Who's this? Carl would know, I guess. Carl, Carl would know. Well, Cal's not here, so we have to we have to manage to uh, stumble on by ourselves here. And uh, I'm just trying to think. No, I'm, I'm I'm wondering. I, I I I don't know, Jim. I mean, I think that it's you, you you're onto something, knowing that there were these other darts that were created for the Mortis Ark, and it was determined at one point that perhaps um, George objected to the idea of the Sith being able to uh, maintain their corporeal form be able to reach out so still nonetheless we do know that we're going to get a little bit more detail on order 66 and the order of the clone army so perhaps it is Plagueis and perhaps it ties into the Sifo-Dyas plot yeah I think I think you know the thing that excites me about this is just a that it's great that Mark's this is you know Mark's return to the to Star Wars like before even you know whether or not it happens or not episode seven you know um 
but like it's the first time he's been back in in Star Wars land for a very very long time and he always did such an amazing Joker so I imagine him kind of bringing some of that menace to a to a Sith Lord I think yeah. that's really exciting you know? make him a psychopath yeah he's got such an amazing voice when he kind of really like dials that in so I mean it could be anybody couldn't it, it could be like Friedon Nad or uh, Nyla. <laughs> There's so many of them, aren't there? But, uh, well, you're going think, back to the old Tales of the Jedi comic with that I one. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that, that was a great book. So uh, you, you saw, what other panels did you see? Anything really uh, jumping out at you as, as being a highlight of the trip? There's got to be, got to be the rebels. I mean, on the on the Saturday, it was just such a fantastic day. Uh, I, I got, um, I spoke to John Farmer. And uh, Kevin Weir, who were the, the, the two kind of key um, Macquarie troopers, which I, I wasn't aware that that was happening. And they kind of came to see me and said, you've got to come check out the big reveal. And so on the, on the Saturday afternoon, <clears throat> they, they turned up and they basically they'd made full Macquarie armor for, for, for themselves and uh, a couple of other guys. And uh, it was for me, it was it was really moving because it was, you know, uh, Ralph would quite often kind of, you know, lament the fact that his that the finished costumes didn't always um, get as close to his designs as he would have liked, you know, and, and certain ones in particular kind of, you know, I know he would have preferred it if the sculpts were a bit closer to his work. And um, it was it was kind of a, an affirmation in a way on, on the Saturday when these guys all came out in Clone Wars armor. That uh, when I picked up the camera to sort of shoot them, it was like looking through the frames. So all I could see was this imperial backdrop and these five clones. You know, it was like, wow, these guys look like just like Ralph Ralph's work, and they definitely looked like more elegant and more kind of you know more uh, I don't know artistically much much closer to to what Ralph did. You know, and so for me it was like, yeah, Ralph was kind of bang on. Like this would have looked kind of more menacing and and. Uh, I don't know something something slightly more alien about them, you know, like in, in the flesh. I mean, they even they even made like concept type uh, laser swords, you know, with a with a huge kind of hilt and uh, a, a, like a different blade and stuff that had this kind of you know area that looks just like like the way Ralph painted laser swords. So yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, very very kind of moving for me to see. It was. It, it hit you on an emotional level, didn't it? Yeah, it was like seeing his paintings come alive. So it was like it was a big deal for me, you know. And these, these, and they're all just such great guys. I mean, like Kevin Weir obviously spent forever sort of trying to, you know, analyzing every every uh, line and shape he could to to sort of try and make this armor as uh, legitimate as he could. And uh, all I could say to him was like, you know, there were so many different versions of the of this stormtrooper armor that Ralph designed. I'd say it's quite a tall order to kind of like come up with a single sculpt that that you know, kind of captures the essence of all these different images because there's always a slight difference in in the way that ralph's like earlier stormtroopers were portrayed like the helmets are a bit different the the armor's different and and he managed to kind of you know when he just kind of took it at, at face value just kind of quickly looked at them it just i mean it to me it literally felt like the paintings had come alive which was i think that's quite an achievement you know because it's a lot of the sculpture and, and um stuff that they've, they've put out that's been based on on ralph's work you know i haven't always thought mm, you know that's you know, it's completely kind of capturing Ralph's essence, but this was absolutely on the nose for me. You know, I just thought it was fantastic. But uh, so that was great. And then to follow that up with, um, you know, D- uh, Dave Filoni's conversation about rebels and, um, h- you know, him chatting and getting into specifics about which which Ralph pieces they're, uh, you know, they're taking as a jumping off point for rebels was was fascinating. Um, 
And it was it was nice to have my logo ripped off. <laughs> uh, you think so? Yeah, you you know what you told us this in an email. You you think the the Star Wars Rebels logo is uh, influenced in some way, shape, or form by the Rebel Force Radio logo? Why don't you? Uh... Well, should we commit to that? Yeah, even though it's like, yeah, I think it's a push because I mean, let's face it, we're both influenced by Ralph, so it's like you know, panel lines. Okay, we'll put it in there. So I mean, it's you know, it's a common vernacular. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's obviously you're an influence. Obviously, the name of the the name of the show obviously has a lot to do with Rebel Force Radio. I'm sure he would have called it Rebel Force Radio, the show, if he could have got away with it. <laughs> the animated series. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's going to be at least two troops called, you know, Swank and uh, and Mick. Mick. So, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's about time. So, what did you think of some of the artwork that was revealed in that panel for it was, Rebels? It was really cool. Yeah. I mean, it was nice to see. Like, I mean, I don't know how familiar people are with. With, I mean, obviously the the, the key paint paintings and whatever that Ralph did are very well well trodden, and people are familiar with them. But uh, a lot of the stuff that they they're referencing is is a little on the obscure side, I think, for the average, you know, the average fan. But um, many of Ralph's like earlier Tatooine images and stuff seem to have been referenced. I'm not entirely sure if they're they're now off Tatooine, as, as it were, but the models are like... Um, Ralph did a couple of paintings of um, like the exterior of the cantina and stuff, and, and uh, they seem to have very, very carefully modelled um, environments that look very, very much like that. And a few of the kind of earlier Aldran images and what have you have been, have been translated into models, and it's really cool. I mean, I, I was actually quite surprised by how... I mean, it's hard, it's hard to get a full idea of what Rebels is going to look like from the small presentation that Dave was able to give. But um, I, I kind of expected something. I mean, I'm not quite sure why. I mean, I guess speculation is is uh, is wild and out there at the minute. We're always talking about this sort of stuff. And I, for some reason, I kind of expected it to have more of a 2D um, aspect to it. And it, it looked as though the whole thing was, you know, like like the Clone Wars, 3D backgrounds, 3D foregrounds, um, and, uh, you know, like properly modelled um, CGI, <clears throat> but um, what they seem to have done is they've, they've they've taken Ralph's artwork and they've they've kind of simplified it, you know, um, a little bit. Um, but they've you know they've they've developed a style all of their own that that has a you know un- unmistakably like strong Ralph influence. But they've they've kind of made it cleaner and a little kind of you know simpler and obviously more um, more suitable to animation. But um, it's interesting. I didn't. I didn't actually think that the style was that dissimilar to uh, the Clone Wars because I, I even like the style. That, you know, the Clone Wars adopted, even though they've been saying that Rebels is going to be much different. With what he brought, it was hard to tell how different it would be. The only character images that they brought were of a stormtrooper, um, and it was it was distinctly Ralphie, but um, it, it it still looked quite quite like something you might find in the clone wars but i'm sure i'm sure you know the first time we're really going to get an idea of what the real style is like is is when we see you know um characters faces you know and there was there was none of that so it was it was hard to sort of imagine what the finished show would look like but i like the new spaceship and what have you the ghost that looked cool have you seen that yet yes absolutely we have pictures of it up on our facebook page um and uh, inside and out we have uh schematics of yeah. uh and uh and uh also uh, a shot of it flying uh flying in orbit it appears being under attack by tie fighters so yeah mm-hmm. it looks uh, definitely uh reminiscent of the millennium falcon for sure yeah i mean wasn't it it was i mean the other highlight of that day was basically uh Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, she was amazing. Yeah, so she uh, went over pretty well, huh? With Star Wars fans yeah, in Europe. I mean, I mean, like it. The place was electric. I mean, it's it was definitely the kind of busiest 
panel and she came on so early you know she was she was there first thing in the morning um you know um, kathleen obviously you know is a uh, able to operate well in the morning no problem like you know, the panel was like about 10 o'clock in in the a.m and it was uh fully packed out and she was on on great form she got a very warm reception and she seemed to be very appreciative of it and very uh um very surprised at the convention you could tell that she'd had a walk around and and uh i think even though she'd you know she people had obviously spoken to her and explained to her what celebration is like and and what fandom is like you know in the flesh but uh, I think I think she she didn't quite anticipate you know what it's really like. I don't think she'd ever experienced anything like it. You could tell that she was a little shocked, but in in a good way. You know, she was kind of like wow, you know. And I think she suddenly kind of maybe this is all supposition, but it felt as though she'd suddenly kind of made a, a established a kind of much stronger connection with the audience. You know, it kind of felt like now she kind of understands you know who this stuff is for, and you know. I mean, I'm sure she's uh, she's smart enough to kind of figure that out, but I think she had a very real kind of, you know, uh, epiphany, you know? <laughs> well, I believe at one point during her panel, Warwick Davis asked her, what yeah. do you think of the fans? And she said, the fans are in charge. <laughs> and I think that went over yeah. really well. And she meant it, too. She meant it. She was very, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's difficult to see from, from a distance, but they have this huge screen behind her, so you could, you know, you could see every, every facial twitch. So there was no... Uh, there was there wasn't a moment of fakery about her. She was uh, very honest, very out, you know, very. Uh, she she said as much as she could about whatever she could, and she was obviously delighted to be able to kind of mention the whole uh, John Williams thing. That was that was met with such like riotous applause. <laughs> right. That was hey Paul, just... I I, w- I wanted to ask if there, you know, because when you get caught up in the spirit of celebration and all things new, and we have the Williams announcement, and we have. Mm-hmm. A decent amount of information on Rebels, not not a ton, but a respectable amount. I was curious if there was uh, any opportunities at any of the panels for the fans to ask about why the end of the Clone Wars, why uh, the discontinuation of some of the video games that we've seen, why why all of the the the, the slew of cancellations and um, you know, the uh, detours and things like that. Was there any of that going on at all during these panels? All, all, all I can say is that the, the panels that I went to, I don't recall anybody kind of going there. I think, I think that, um, you know, I, th- I think that there was a clear distinction drawn, you know, in a number of panels where they sort of said that they just kind of felt it was time for, for that to be that and to, to, you know, turn over a new, new page. And I, I know Dave, you know, he he was he was very kind of clear. Like, well, you know, he was comfortable with the fact that it had all ended, and uh, you know, felt that maybe it was time to to move forward. All the stuff that we've kind of heard online and whatever. But other than that, I don't. I think people kind of. I think people have had that question answered already. You know, so so extensively that I think maybe people were kind of a little um, reticent to ask it again. You know, in when the yeah. kind of answers are out there. You know, but um, I mean. It, you just felt that everybody was really excited about the future. You know, everybody was like really looking forward to rebels. Everybody's really excited about episode seven, you know, and obviously although, although people couldn't really say a lot, it's like the fact that it just kept coming up was kind of cool. You know, the fact that you're at a convention and, uh, I mean, obviously the last celebration we had, people weren't talking episode seven, were they, you know, and, and like now it's like all the fans are together and people, you can feel that the, the excitement was so palpable. I think, I think the other thing that's kind of, even though there's obviously there's a huge fan base in Germany and there's, there have been conventions out there before, but this is obviously the first big celebration out in Germany. And I think they were all just so pleased that it was there. You know, I mean, you, you, you very definitely feel, felt like they were kind of very grateful to be 
to be the hosts of celebration you know and and they did a they did a fantastic job of making it a fun event you know i mean it could quite easily have been a little uh uh like a, a little bit a little bit flat you know without you know so many of my friends who, who you know yourselves and and kyle and and uh, all the guys from the macquarie posse you know it, it could have been uh, a little bit flat compared to the usual thing without all those people around me and yet and yet there just seemed to be you know friendly wonderful fans all over the place that were prepared to kind of you know buoy you up and uh, just fill you with their enthusiasm and excitement i mean you you know there were plenty of kind of restaurants and cafeterias and things inside the the convention center and there'd always be somewhere somebody there just absolutely smiling their faces off you know in just totally in, yeah, in second heaven yeah. you know <laughs> right, right. but uh it was great to see uh, Steve Sansweet as well, and you know all his stuff arrived safely, and all that, all that possibly had. They had a permanent queue, you know, non stop. But um, a lot of the German fans were sort of like really bowled over by by some of the English, you know, like, um, uh, English language print and stuff like that that they couldn't get back home. You know, they couldn't, they can't get the insider, um, the English version in Germany. I think they can, they can sort of subscribe to it if they want to. I think there is a German edition of the, the insider, but it's. Um, it's a bit different, and they kind of they wanted the English one too, you know. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. But uh, and then um, there was the caravan of the Force Brigade, of course. When they showed up, that was a, that was a good laugh. All uh, <laughs> James and uh, Mark and and, and uh, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, yeah, and the, and the right. crowd. But they were <laughs> they talk about talk about cramped. You know, they had the vehicle like in their uh, in their booth, <laughs> which they. <laughs> They were they were using as storage for all the surrounding booths, I think. But, uh, but, uh, what, were they, what were they driving? One of those Mr. Bean cars? What was it? <laughs> it was like a tortoise, yeah, like a oh. like a four by four or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think James minded uh, minded people leaving toys there. It was like, yeah, fine, just leave it there. It's fine, right. yeah. If you forget to come back for it, mind it's going to England. <laughs> yeah, right, because they had a whole uh, caravan back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, but. Yeah. Uh, it was a scream in the evenings too. There was a lot, lot to do and stuff. And obviously, everywhere you went, like for sort of about a ten mile radius, there were always Star Wars fans like hanging around. You know, what was what was interesting for me was the fact that you know you're in a you're in a different continent. You know, different you know people speaking different language, and it just felt so homely because you know that's that's the gathering of, gathering of the tribes. You know, it's like all the all the Berlin posse were were out there, and you know all the just people that you you see at the other celebrations so it was it was quite strange it was like like you know all the familiar faces but in a in a had taken over the town you know <laughs> but uh strangers uh, in a strange world there was, right, right. was a, a lady on reception in our hotel that was was very perplexed by the fact she a, a guy came down to to I, i'm not quite sure what he was doing at the the uh at the hotel lobby and uh, when he left you know i was just sitting there kind of drinking a coffee um, waiting for the guys to come down and she said that man didn't have a grey beard yesterday, and it was like she was really confused. And he was he was obviously going to play, uh, you know, Dooku for the day, but she was like, "Why is his beard grey today?" <laughs> but uh, I was I was uh, relieved that I knew enough German to get by, which was a big surprise for me. But kind of handy on a couple of occasions when we're at uh, like you know uh, garages where they don't speak English and things like that. But uh, we got by. Nice. Well, it's it sure sounds like uh, fan enthusiasm is is still as vibrant as it's ever been. Uh, you know, when you consider the this past year, we've we've seen some 
very high highs as Star Wars fans, and for, for many of us, some very low lows with the cancellation of Star Wars The Clone Wars and uh, Star Wars 3D and Star Wars 1313. Uh, it, it, the, the list uh, does go on, and uh, yet um, I think Star Wars fans realize that there is a uh, big prize waiting for us in 2015, and uh, why look back and lament what we don't have when we should be concentrating on what we're going to get? And I, that's what I love about uh, Star Wars in general is just it's resilient and it always bounces back fandom is always there for it and together it's a symbiotic relationship really um (laughs) but you know it's 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 uh it's really great to hear such a positive report coming from the first official star wars event to happen uh, well, I should say first official Star Wars convention to happen since the Disney acquisition. And uh, and it sounds like business as usual. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of there were a few occasions when we, you know, we were told, like, you know, um, this is a this is the Lucasfilm TV crew, you know, which which was I think the first time I'd heard that said literally, you know, like kind of this is like, you know, like kind of Star Wars TV which was, that was interesting to have them kind of label that way. You know, normal, normally you would get like, this is, you know, this is a, this is video for StarWars.com or whatever, but they wouldn't actually kind of call them Star Wars TV. So that was, or Lucasfilm TV. It was interesting to, to hear that. So I guess that's, uh, that's a Disney change. But um, Any, Anybody claiming to be Lucasfilm Radio by chance? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> they got a post open maybe? Uh, you reckon? That would be good. I've got to say, while I, while I remember to say this, though, we, we went to the, the German 501st party and it was amazing. They, they, they had, it was such a good time. As you know, Always. Of, Those guys can party, man. Yeah, I mean, they, they can totally rock it. They're great food, you know, great, great, uh, great company. Lots of uh, lots of uh, impromptu entertainment from the uh, from all the bobbers. That was that was interesting. Jamira got his guitar out, and so that was oh, that was good. Nice. Yeah, he enjoyed that. It was very strange. To, I, might, I said to uh, to um, um, Mark from from Jedi News. I said to him, "How strange, you know, that um, we find ourselves sitting here listening to to the to the Boba Fett playing a you know playing a guitar and stuff." It's very. Very strange. Or well, a clone, rather. A clone playing the guitar. Well, Jango Fett, if you want to be specific. Yeah. But yeah. but I didn't, you know, I didn't know Tam played. I've heard him sing before. I've definitely heard him sing before, but I had no idea he was a guitar player. Yeah, and, um, oh, what's the, um, this is terrible, I can't remember the name of the actor now. The, the guy who uh, bullied Luke in the cutscene. Um, can't remember his name. Oh, um, that the wasn't guy, Anthony Forrest, was it? Anthony Forrest, yeah, he played. Yeah, he played uh, Venom, right. I think he was. He was a nice guy. Well, now, now Anthony, he's definitely a musician. Um, yeah. he's, he's had. He's actually had albums released and and uh, stuff of that nature. So Anthony Forrest was there, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he yeah. was. He was not part of the uh, official guest roster, so he was just crashing. Did Did any other uh, actors or celebs crash the event? Oh, I don't know about crashing, but. Uh, Peter and Angie Mayhew were there, obviously, and uh, and uh, Jeremy Bullock, and you know a whole a whole gang, Steve Sansweet and Bob, and the whole posse. There was uh, lots of familiar faces that um, everybody kind of knows, you know. But uh, I don't I don't know about crashing. <laughs> I don't think there were that. Nobody snuck in. <laughs> so, uh, and, and the big announcement: Star Wars Celebration 2015 happening in Anaheim, California. Are you excited for that? Are we going to see you at that one, Paul? 
what? <laughs> Let me see now. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think Carl's going to have a very full back room. Be like, can we all come stay? Like, well, but can you imagine if 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 uh, if they follow according to form and and uh, episode seven does come out like May, like the movies normally do? Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be crazy. I mean, how how likely is it that they're going to show a trailer or something at, at Celebration Seven? I think people will just flip out. Very likely. Very likely. Yeah. I mean, just just thinking about you know being among all those Star Wars fans a month or so before the movie comes out and potentially seeing a trailer like together, I just think it'll be such a party. You know how how it, I mean I'm I'm really happy that it's that time of year and it's it's the opposite side of the country. Sorry, Florida, but uh, it's like you know traditionally the last few few uh, conventions in Florida have been extremely expensive for Brits because it's peak season and it's uh, it's just too hot for us. Just way too hot. We're not we're not up to it. We're not we're not used to hot weather. We get it maybe four days a year, so. <laughs> So I think Anaheim in April sounds like a little bit more uh, partable. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, we're going to have a ball. Uh, we're counting down the days here. No, no question about it. So that's April 2015 Star Wars Celebration, Anaheim, and we'll see Paul Bateman there with the Macquarie Troopers at his side. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. So, Paul, what a great report, man. Thank you so much for uh, checking in with us. Um, it sounds like you had an excellent time out there. We are upset we weren't able to be out there to join you, but we'll be there for the next one. No question. Next time, I'm going to send somebody to your house to knock you out and post you. Get, get, you, sent, <laughs> get you delivered to the convention. That would have been a dream come true, quite honestly. Uh, it worked for Jason, right? Well, absolutely. I've always said sedation flight. That's the way I want to go. So if it's a hit over the head, uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Either that or hit him over the head with a bottle of scotch. You would definitely miss, guys. I mean, I just thought, like, it's just such a shame I wasn't wearing a Rebel Force radio T-shirt. You know, then maybe people could have sent messages to you or something. Yeah, it's, you know uh, what? Um, we are a little tardy with that, but there. Uh, I've been in meetings. Uh, I'm looking at T-shirt samples as we speak, and mm-hmm. Rebel Force radio T-shirts will be out there very soon. Very soon, as a matter of fact. So, all of our listeners, just uh, keep in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter, and just by listening to the show, we'll be making an announcement about Forcecast T-shirts for sale very soon. Brilliant. And then everybody can say, look, they ripped off the Star Wars Rebels. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The timing is everything. And the old one, my, one of my early designs, it was orange, too. So, Filoni's hacking your computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Paul. All of our best to Athena and all of our friends in London. And uh, can't wait to see you in person. Likewise, mate. And uh, I'm sorry to, to everybody I didn't bump into who wanted to bump into me. Apologies. I was running around like a crazy thing the whole convention. And to everybody that I, that I finally kind of hooked up with, it was it was lovely to meet you all. I didn't meet one person that I didn't think wasn't fantastic. So it was it was a brilliant party, and you guys should have been there. Yeah, yeah. Next time for sure, definitely. Thanks a lot, Paul. Next time, guys. Stay happy. Bye. Bye. Paul Bateman. All right. Well, it does sound like Paul Bateman had a great time at celebration europe too even though we weren't there but i think paul made the best of it Uh, (laughs) yeah somehow some way he was able to get by without rebel force radio hugging his ankles so jimmy mac tell me you ended up you've got a clip here of the hamill panel yeah uh, from celebration europe too 
but it doesn't this is not the clip that we were referring to with Paul about his involvement in an episode of Clone Wars. This is something else. Right. Well, this is just talking a little bit about episode seven. I thought our listeners would be interested to hear what's going on in Mark's head about episode seven, because let's face it, it wasn't really talked about much in the press conference that David Collins hosted on opening night. So here's Mark Hamill at his panel from Star Wars Celebration Europe talking about the sequels. Yeah, I thought even if they do seven, eight, and nine, it's not going to be about us. Uh, I never expected. I thought we had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and that was the end of it. And then, of course, George for years has been saying that he's not going to, he didn't want to be doing the the movies in in his seventies and eighties. So it never occurred to me that they would uh, do them. I mean, I, I doubt. I never imagined it's about going to be about the next generation, and we'll have, you know age-appropriate roles more along the lines of a Peter Cushing and an Alec Guinness than, uh, you know, huffing and puffing and swinging with the princess. <laughs> uh, yeah, i got to go into Toshi Station and take it up from power. <laughs> just one question. What is a Toshi Station? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. People just go nuts when he says that line. But uh, so episode seven, it sounds like uh, from last week when we had the, uh, the, the, the highlights from the press conference was sort of a forbidden topic. But Mark Hamill going rogue, thrown in some episode seven. And this is all fair. But this isn't any revelations other than the fact that, you know, it had been in Mark's head. It had been something that George had mentioned to him many, many years ago. In fact, back when they were shooting Episode four, A New Hope, George had said, oh, you know, maybe you come back someday and play an, you know, an Alec Guinness type role. Yeah. So yeah. they've been talking about this for a long time. But now that it's a reality, uh, it's just, uh, you know, as Paul was saying in his interview, it's just surreal. I don't know if, you, Dan, you haven't experienced this yet, but surreal to be at a Star Wars convention where episode seven is not just a, a, a fanboy's dream. It's reality. No, no, it, that's, you know. Still kind of like, they're not going to do that. They're not, <laughs> they're, they're not really going to do that. Ever the cynic. No, I mean, for you know all these years, it's like they're never going to do the sequel trilogy. Every year it comes up, usually around April Fool's Day. And, oh, yes. Ah, yeah, I've never heard that one before, guys. That's great. Now, all of a sudden, wait, no, they really are doing it this time. Oh, they're doing it. Yeah, no, I know. I love all the casting rumors that come up like every other day. <laughs> Yeah, it's the, it's the most random people. <laughs> I know. And I love that people are like, yes, I would really like to be part yeah. of the oh, next yeah. Star Wars movie. Uh, you know what? Let me just put this out there. I would love to be part of the next Star Wars movie <laughs> if they want to no, throw I, some of that Disney money my way. <laughs> what I like the best are the non-stories, the people who say they don't want to be in Star Wars. <laughs> those are my favorite. And we get those coming across our desk all the time. Everyone from Simon Pegg, I don't want to be in Star Wars, to Quentin Tarantino, I don't want to direct Star Wars. News? Right. News? Nobody was asking you in the first place. At I, least I wasn't. I saw one today from Carl Urban, who is the new Bones in Star Trek. And I'm like, did did anybody think that you were up for this? Right. <laughs> what, 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 he's out there talking about it? I saw it today, yeah. Oh, my God. Because he's dedicated to Star Trek, you see. Oh, 
you know, and dread if they ever make another one. For some reason, people assume that anyone J.J. Abrams has met or known since high school <laughs> has an automatic role in the next Star Wars film. Right, right. But it is random. Like, you'll just click open the Internet and it's like, Zoe Deschanel wishes to be in Star Wars. Really? Why yeah. her? <laughs> Why that, are we talking about this? If it was Carrie news? Russell, I would maybe believe it, but uh, I don't know. Oh, Carrie Russell. See, there's a new rumor right there. There it is. That's pretty much yeah. how they start. That is. Yeah. That's yeah. how they start. Last week we were talking about J.J. Abrams not directing Star Wars. That was a rumor. That was ridiculous. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, sitting on the sideline and you know just kind of seeing this pop up, and I'm like, what? Dan Curto. Yes. We're about to talk about our uh, good friends and our sponsors this week, uh, DorksideToys.com. And I just wanted to ask you, since we have you here, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to take up a whole lot of time because we get emails from people that go, "I don't collect the toys. Why do you talk about the toys?" Hey, au contraire. Last time we talked about action figures, we got several people reaching out to us saying, "Hey, really dug that collecting talk." So I was like, "All oh, right, all right, well, all dig right. this." Well, you've come to the right man. I'm about to open up a can of Curdo on this. And, 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 and say, okay, I got to know. I got to know. I have a little conspiracy theory here. Look, the three and three quarter line has been around since 1978, right? And now all of a sudden we've got this black series and we've got the, uh, the, the, not the saga legends. What's the new thing? The movie masters. What, what are they out there? The, 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 the ones with the little articulation, but they look more like a Star Wars Those, than anything that's been out in 20 years. These are the saga legends line. Is that this what they're is, calling them? Yeah, yeah. They're they're now called Saga Legends. Saga Legends. Re- recycling the name, I guess. I don't right, know. Right, and they and they have low articulation. I have to tell you. Yeah. I was at Toys R Us this past weekend and I saw the two packs. They had some of the two packs hanging there. Mm-hmm. I got more jazzed about those figures than any Star Wars figures that I've seen probably with since the debut of the Clone Wars line. To tell you yeah. the truth. I thought, to me, I'm like, now that's a Star Wars figure. Okay, I know it's old school and I'm an old guy and all that stuff, but I really, really dug it. Had they been on single cards, I would have probably probably bought a few, but all they had were the two packs. And, and they're right next to the other figures that are $9.99. Actually, those are like, like no, I want to say that those are like $11.99 now or $12.99 for one figure. Can you believe that? Yeah. So, so I guess my question is: with this black series, you've got the three and three quarter and the six inch. Have did you, are you getting the sense that Hasbro feels like that they've just run its course with the three and three quarter, and this is their way of kind of just phasing it out, and so they can just reboot and start new with six inch? Is Ooh, that I, what's happening? And I hope not. Uh, well, I hope not too. But here, here's this is a very interesting question because this uh, has come up recently uh let's first of all I, it just so happens <laughs> that i have the entire collection of black series saga legends and mission series which is the two packs that uh, arrived in the mail today mm-hmm. the the black series is the super articulated style figures that we've come to know and love for the vintage collection for the past couple of years right uh in fact these figures at one time were planned for the vintage collection, but that line ended and they were going to relaunch a new droid factory legacy collection, right? With the build a droid. That's right. That, that got canceled. So now they come out with the black series. Um, the cards are really small. 
the bubbles are really small. The figures are the same size as they were before. But now there's this whole, you know, going green, less carbon footprint type of thing. So everybody that's worried, are they going to fit into star cases? Yeah, and then some. <laughs> so <laughs> right. don't, don't worry about that. Uh, but but there's one thing that's very concerning for collectors is that the Black Series, the first wave, is made up of a bunch of characters from Attack of the Clones and and Revenge of the Sith. Mostly Attack of the Clones. And the reason for that is because, well, Attack of the Clones was supposed to be in theaters. Right. So when they originally planned this line, that was their character selection. Like, just like last year with Phantom Menace. Right. Everywhere you look, Phantom Menace, because Why, that's the movie that was in theater. Yeah, right. So this was the idea. Right around now, people are going to start getting jazzed for the 3D releases. Well, they got canceled. So now it's too late to change their plans. As of Wave 2, you're going to start seeing some new characters added, but it's, it's, it's very few and far between right now. And, as you just pointed out earlier, the price point for a 3 and 3 quarter inch super articulated figure is, is over 10 bucks now. Yeah. We're talking like 12 13 bucks. It's crazy. Insane. Well, it depends where you are. Normally, it's nine ninety nine if you go to like a Target or a Walmart, but some stores do have it at a higher price point. Yep. The um, best you're going to get is 10 bucks. That's the average. Right now, if you're lucky, you can go to like five below and find some of the older waves. I actually got lucky uh, over the summer. Uh, well, spring, maybe, I guess it was. And I found a, a wheelbarrow full of... Wave three, which includes the fantastic Gamorrean Guard. Are you serious? You got that? At a, I got five, nine Gamorrean Guards on oh, one afternoon, five, five bucks each. <laughs> he just went home so, and filled up his bathtub with action figures. And- <laughs> I just, I was like, uh, I don't think anybody knows about this, so I just kind of threw it out there. And some sites ran with the news, and you know that was fine. Can you send me one, just one. Christ, uh, I, I will pay you ten to. for it. I'll be happy to. All right, thank you. So Dan, uh, and, and by the way, it's the uh, the number one voted fan favorite figure from the vintage collection. It was a kick ass figure, and every time Jedi I- Temple Archives did a, a roundup review recently of all the vintage collection action figures, and the Gamorrean Guard was selected as the number one figure. I saw him one time at Target, and and the card was literally bent in half. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, screw you, Target stock boy i'm not buying this i'll wait until i see it again never saw it again right never saw it again all right so so tell me tell me so, about okay the, the the emergence of the six inch line and what that means for three and three quarter okay well wait, let me let me just back up real quick because of the price of 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 the super articulated figures what hasbro has done across the board is they've come out with this new line of five points articulation head shoulders hips that's it Otherwise known as a Star Wars action figure. From the Kenner days. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. But you have to understand, like, I get what you're saying, because, you know, obviously I've collected them for many years as well, and and I kind of get that same feeling. But what I've said many times on our show and and other places, that we have been spoiled as as collectors the past five years, say, and, and maybe a little bit longer. Because we've gotten some fantastic figures with great articulation, you know, accessories, paint jobs, and just they've really knocked it out of the park. But the fact of the matter is costs are going up everywhere, and they have to come up with something that's going to bring the, their costs down and the prices at retail. So enter Saga Legends. And, and these are decent sculpts, articulation, not so much, 
Well, here's the thing that I noticed. But I just want to throw this, this in. Is- Jimmy, I know you have lamented in the past about the like the the the, the quality, the play, the, the the pose ability. You're like they got these skinny little ankles and you go to pose them, you got to they fall over and stuff like this. These things, these new ones, these mission masters or whatever the hell they're called, <laughs> these are substantial. Like these guys stand up. Like these guys have thick legs. They 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 right. They are substan they feel like something Substantial is what I'm trying to say. They're, yeah, they're toys that you can bash together and st- sit down in their ships. It, yes, that's good for playing factor. And if they have these targeted towards kids. Maybe adults don't want these. I don't think the sculpts are bad. They're actually not. But I get where everybody's kind of complaining. It's like I don't really like this. It's not as detailed as the figures that I've used to been getting. When I was at Disney, I did happen to find the first of the mission series. It had Darth Vader and the Seeker Droid, and since it was kind of a Star Tours type theme, I said, eh, "Why not? It's a good souvenir from the trip." Right. Right. The Seeker Droid's kind of cool. It's, you know, it's got a little couple plug-in arms and it swivels around, but it's just basically a statue. It doesn't really do too much. Right. Vader. It's it's not even as well sculpted. As the Kenner figure was. Really? The Vader, yes. Vader's not good? Vader has this bodysuit that has a waffle pattern to it, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, crisscross. Sure. Kind of crossword yeah. puzzle. Nope, not this one. This one is just plain stripes. Just stripes? Stripes. Oh. And the 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 uh, tunic right. you know, underneath his cape mm-hmm. isn't cloth like they've been doing for the past several years it's it's sculpted on it looks kind of weird but yeah that's kind of how they did it back then sculpted cape yeah their their new their new style of doing action figures is basically just going back to the beginning well wait 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 wait. tell me about the cape oh the the cape itself is cloth oh all right all right as long as we're talking about darth vader this is something i've been wanting to bring up for a long time ever since they've gone with the cloth cape on vader they've been featuring him wearing this groovy long silver necklace now i know what it's supposed to represent it's supposed to be the chain that's holding the cape around his neck and that chain is a very subtle piece of fashion it doesn't come like at you like a piece of bling around his neck that to me it's like mr t you know what you can exactly you can create who misses with the force (laughs) plus everyone knows vader would wear gold not silver, okay? He's not a cowboy. <laughs> so he's, he's a gangster. Gangsters wear gold. And the, why they have these Vaders with these obnoxious silver chains around their neck, it, it's ridiculous looking. It's stupid. Kenner Hasbro has been doing it for 20 years now, it seems like. And it was ineffective oh. then, and it's ineffective now. Since All since right. 2004, at any rate. But I get your point. Right. It's, it feels so, okay, this is the thing. Okay. We've got the, the Black Series three and three-quarter inch line, and we've got the Saga Legends line. One targeted to kids, one targeted to adult collectors. But then they pulled out all the stops, and they released a brand new six-inch line. Okay. This is the scale, by the way, that Toy Biz proposed way back when, when Hasbro was nearly lost the license, right? Was it Toy Biz? I thought it was... Playmates. I'm sorry, Playmates. Playmates. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, ever since, as far as I can remember, uh, they've been kind of saying, hey, Hasbro, now you're doing Marvel Legends in six-inch scale. Will you do a Star Wars Legends type of thing? And they're like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Well, because of the costs and everything like that, you can kind of justify maybe a little bit better charging 19.99 for a six-inch figure if it comes in a box. 
Mm. Um, and, and, and these do. They're not carded figures. They're in a box. So it's an interesting design. The packaging is not my favorite. I, I would much have preferred vintage, but that's just I've me. not seen them in the wild, right? I've not seen them in the wild. What are they, what's the quality really like on these six-inch figures? Okay, so as far as articulation and sculpt goes, this is what you want. This is what an adult collector wants. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's only four in the initial wave. Mm-hmm. Luke X-Wing, Darth Maul, a Sand Trooper, and R2-D2. All right? And like I said, they got ball joints everywhere. There's tons of accessories, especially the Sand Trooper itself comes with three different guns. Mm. So, you know, you're going to have to get a couple of these. Yeah. Uh, Darth Maul has alternate heads. Mm. So if you want to display him with his robe on or take it off and give him more of the free-moving feature. Yeah. His, his lightsaber, it comes in two different pieces, and the blades are removable. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting take. Personally, as a lifetime three and three-quarter inch action figure collector, I, I, I kind of want to see six-inch as a limited line. Really? Like, do a couple waves a year, and that's it. Don't go crazy with it. What do you think? Do you think they're seeing this as the next thing in Star Wars collecting? I do. Really? I see this as this is the future. The super articulated three and three quarter inch is going to go away. And this new Saga Legends style children's, what people are calling Happy Meal toys, is going to be what three and three quarter inch is going to be. And the six inch is going to be where you get your collector driven line. So. The action figures that we've known for the past several years, I would not be surprised if they kind of phase those out after a while. I got to ask you, Jimmy Mac, because you're a lifetime collector, but you're not a you're not a journalist in the model of a Dan Curto. What are your feelings on all this? Well, I've always considered the three and three quarter inch line to be the backbone of Star Wars collecting and uh, something that's really important to my collecting habits is maintaining that collection and, and trying to be a completist about it. I can't afford to be that way if they want to go big with a six inch line at $20 a figure. Well, I, what about four figures every, you know, six months? Well, I like that. And I'll cherry pick the ones that I would prefer to get. I would not still would not collect them as a completionist. And I fully well, expect, well, I fully expect that tradition will be honored by the time of episode seven and Hasbro will roll out a substantial line of three and three quarter inch episode seven figures. They're going to have to. Well, all right, Dan, what do you say to that? Um, I, I hope you're right. But from what I am seeing and hearing, it's concerning. And if you look at the rest of Hasbro's product, you know, any of the Marvel licenses, even G.I. Joe is sort of kind of phasing out. Maybe I'll go on hiatus or something. Uh, but the Marvel lines, they have multiple versions. They have the cheap 599 limited articulation, and then they have the 999 super articulation. But the characters that they're announcing are very few these days. Mm. And honestly, Hasbro's very, very excited about Angry Birds. Okay. For years, they have been trying to get some kind of game element going in the action figure line. We, the battle games, they had Clone Wars Adventure codes slapped right smack on the bubbles of the cards for, for a couple years. 
you know, they're trying desperately. We want to get a game involved because that's what kids like. Kids like games. So we got to have some kind of game tying with the toys. Well, Angry Birds is built for that. See, this is the talk so, that just makes me want to hurl. I mean, well, because as an older alone. as an older collector, I have no connection to this. It's nothing that I'll ever take seriously. I take Star Wars Angry Birds about as seriously as I take Star Wars Operation, the board game. You know, I mean, really, it's and now. Wait a minute, I, I have a passion for the Star Wars Operation game, but that's another story. <laughs> it, because you play it out in real life. No, because I did an April Fool's Day joke years ago that people to this day still think well, they make this. All right. Well, and let's it never got me. So you, you, there was an April Fool's joke. Why don't you? Yeah, just... I did a Darth Vader on the operating table, and and now there is one. Well, there's an R two D two. Well, there's an R two, but they should do Vader. Why don't they, they should? Right? It's the most <laughs> obvious thing to do. It's obvious. Okay, so okay, there you've got it. This is Dan Curto's prognostication about the future of the Star Wars action figure line. He's 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 predicting by the time we get to Episode Seven that we may see. That we may see a very, very limited, if any, three and three quarter line just for the kiddies with limited articulation. But the quality and the, the level of detail that we've come to know will be six inch scale only. Very interesting. In the meantime, go to dorksidetoys.com for the latest action figures from Star Wars, DC, Marvel, G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Walking Dead, and so much more, including the Star Wars Black Series. They're now up for pre-order. That's the three and three-quarter inch and the six inch available at dorksidetoys.com. They got great prices, great service, and very fast delivery. So check it out. Once again, dorksidetoys.com. You can follow on Twitter also at dorksidetoys. We thank them so much for their support of us here at Rebel Force Radio. One thing I forgot to even mention. Yeah? Star Wars Galactic Files 2 comes out this week from Tops. Oh, trading cards? Yeah, you've got... got, And uh, I I am one of the sketch card artists that'll be available in all the packs. Nice. So I I can send you guys uh, a couple scans that nobody has seen yet. If you can throw it up on the Facebook page if you want to. Absolutely. Do that. We will do that. Uh, when are they going to have you sketch Star Wars action figures? Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't that be the, sort of the ultimate Dan Curto sketch? I could do the figure. I can do that anytime. As a matter of fact, I know exactly what I'm going to send you. You remember the Galactic Heroes line? Yes, of course. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Galactic Heroes, right? The little little squatty goo- dudes. The squishies. It's the squishies. I did a hard series of characters in that style as if they had continued the line this would have been the artwork on the card really i have wilro hood jackson star killer mara jade etc cetera, etc cetera. a whole bunch more you'll see all right dan i'm so glad that you were here for one of the, the one of the tent poles you know they talk about in a in a in a uh uh, a film studio. They say that these are the tent pole films for the year. Well, this is one of our tent poles here at Rebel Force Radio. Billy D. This is Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. It's time for the quote of the week. Hello, what have we here? It's just me, Billy D. Yeah! Don't mess this up, man. Be smooth. Lando's right. Billy D. Sorry, baby. It's just business. Why you slimy, double crossing, no good swindler? Works every time. Lando Calrissian is forever. <laughs> Hard to imagine there was a day when Jimmy Mack 
started the Billy D. Quote of the Week segment and thought, geez, am I going to run out of material? <laughs> well, you know what's great? There is a whole new mine of Billy D. Gold to be found in them thar hills because Billy D is very active these days on the convention circuit as we all know most of us have, who've been to various conventions have crossed paths with Billy D along the way and uh, the great thing about Billy D is when he rolls into your town everyone wants to hear from him so he shows up on the local newscasts usually you know these good morning shows that happen in markets all across the United States and he showed up in Tampa, Florida recently to appear at the Fanboy Expo. So Fox 13, good day Tampa Bay. They had to get a hold of Billy D. They had a very beautiful young woman sitting there at the table as they always do. I mean, this is network broadcast strategy is you have to get Billy D relaxed and the best way to do it well, some people think that it's uh, acceptable for a news anchor to dress up as Wolverine from the Marvel comic series. And just recently, we featured some Yahoo from some small market somewhere dressed up as Jabba the Hutt. But the, the ones who know, the, the real pros, they get a hot babe to sit across from Billy D. So right away, Billy D sits down and um, starts crying on her shoulder a little bit about the long flight he had to endure. Lando Calrissian himself, Mr. Billy D. Williams, thank you oh, nice. so much for stopping by. Oh, really... Thank you. I just got off the airplane. I'm, I feel like a zombie right now. <laughs> just flew in from L.A., right, to be with us. Absolutely. <laughs> just like the... I feel like a zombie. I just feel That's like a zombie now. The whole zombie thing. Yeah, so, yeah, right, he's gone to a lot of conventions. Obviously, he knows zombies are, are popular these days. So, um, so uh, the con- the conversation continues, and Billy D brings it up himself. This is something we talk about here on Rebel Force Radio from time to time, especially when we're thinking about those Kirk-loving Spock suckers. Yeah, you know it, Trekkies. We all are Trekkies, I guess. But uh, Wars versus Trek, often uh, an interesting debate among fandom, and uh, Billy D has heard a little bit about it lately, and he has his opinions. The other day I was, I, I was on, on the Nerd Show, I was judging, uh-huh. and we did a whole. Uh, there was a whole, whole debate on uh, Star Wars and Star Trek, and it was very interesting. Yeah. And uh, and and I, I suddenly realized uh, the the real difference between those two uh, 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 adventures. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, Star Wars is a much more. It's a much more entertaining, and it's much more about <laughs> mythology. And uh, Star Trek is more, uh, more, in many ways, very educational. Yeah. You know, it gets into the questions about black holes and dark matter yeah. and, you know, quantum questions. Yeah. There we go. So, Billy D, down with education, long live mythology. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, the, the conversation. Like to see Billy D versus LeVar Burton. In a Trek versus Wars debate, Lavar could wear the Geordi visor, and Billy right. D could wear the Lobot headphones. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so naturally, the conversation during this interview shifted towards Star Wars Episode Seven and the upcoming sequel trilogy. And Billy D reveals he has an idea for his character that he might pitch to JJ if they they decide to bring me back. I, 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 my, my idea is to have uh, uh, a daughter who's a Jedi. 
I love it. That, I love it. Everybody likes That's that a great idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I think that's a good idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, not a not a yes. son now, a daughter. A daughter who's a Jedi. Who's a Jedi. I think they should make it happen. I think you should make it happen. Right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll I like, see. I like it. I, I get bet she's very sassy. She's got a name like Foxy Cleopatra, something like that. The Jedi version. Sashe Calrissian. Sashe. <laughs> No, hey, you know what? I, I just thought no, of this. Just, wait, wasn't that the albino handmaiden? <laughs> no, 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 not the oh, albino. Okay. That was a uh, that was Edgar Winter. Um, no, but uh, wasn't there a uh, a rumored leaked story treatment for a, a Star Wars animated show set fifteen years after Return of the Jedi that featured a Calrissian Jedi? Yes, a yes, female yes, Calrissian yes. Jedi. Yeah. Yes. Remember? I do remember this. And that was the one that also featured the mysterious figure known as the Shape, who was a vigilante who would work in the shadows, armed with a lightsaber and an astromech droid. But uh, I do recall yeah. there was a female Jedi, last name Calrissian. So maybe it was Billy D who leaked that story treatment in the first place. Maybe that was his. <laughs> maybe once. Dan, where do you stand on the female Jedi Calrissian? I, yeah, I, I I wonder who the mom is because there aren't that many females in Star Wars, really. Let alone with Jedi power, right? Who, who, right. Where did he get that midichlorian? Oh, maybe they, they'll kind of skip the midichlorians this time. Mm. Um, by the way, that was Kala Calrissian in Reclamation. Yes, Star Wars Reclamation, the rumored story treatment that leaked so, earlier this oh. summer or late spring. So uh, She is uh, rebellious and hungry for adventure. Kala stole her first ship from Imperial Willis and completed a successful smuggling run the day 13th birthday. Oh, well, she's a smuggler. She's not a Jedi. She's a smuggler. Uh, okay. Not a Jedi. So she could be a Jedi. You know, yeah. Kate Skywalker, Jedi in the Legacy he That's right. To be Kate a smuggler. That's right. Kate Skywalker was a Jedi. So the precedent is there. Yeah. Is, is that back out now? It's different, but yes. Oh, okay. So it's not. It's, it's focusing on different characters. Yeah. Oh, right. Because nobody wants to hear about Kate Skywalker, right? So uh, I, I forget. I think it's a solo. Oh, for God's sake! All right. So here's uh, <laughs> here's more. This is. Uh, this is Billy D. What, what is this, Jimmy? He's hitting on the anchor? Oh, I know. Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> What's going on here? He gets into, he blows into town on these morning shows. You think he's, do you think he's leaving a trail of broken hearts? Well, I think the tension is so thick you can cut it with a knife. And I think you'll even hear that in this audio clip. Mm, she's melting. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank Mr. you for Billy having Williams. me. I really appreciate it. He's such a pretty girl. Look oh, at you. wow. Thank you. <laughs> And you're such a handsome man. Well, of I course. used to be. Oh, come on. Still are. Well, I, I always say I used to be so I can get, you know. So you can, so you can have yeah. us continue to tell you that you still are. <laughs> you really know it, don't you? <laughs> oh, oh, Billy. Boy. She just outed Billy D. He was, he was fishing for a compliment there. Yeah. But, uh, no, she was still, he was still charming the pants right off of her. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right off of her. And, uh, and I think she, uh, she was giving it back to him a little bit too. There, I mean, you, you heard so the too. laughter. That was not just uh, Billy D giving you a courtesy chuckle. That was a full oh. on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that one, <laughs> you know. 
when he pulls that out. He's serious. All right, if you got Ability Quote of the Week, we would love to hear it. Send it to us, your ideas. Show at rebelforceradio.com, subject line, Billy D. I feel like a zombie right now. <laughs> What a show. What a show. So great to have Dan Curdo back. Dan, it's been a blast, man. Don't Good stay away so long next time. Oh, don't worry about that. All right. Back. Happy to back again. All right. Well, we wanted to uh, thank our sponsors this week once more. That's audible.com. You can find them at audiblepodcast.com slash RFR and our pals at Dorkside Toys. So if you're interested in uh, the future, of Star Wars collecting, you might want to take a look. Smart Money, according to Dan Curto, is on that six-inch line on the Black Series. That's at dorksidetoys.com. You can send us an email if you'd like. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Our voicemail line, if you wish to leave us same, 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. Follow us on the Twitter at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. And the Facebook page, let me tell you, as far as Star Wars websites go, Facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio has got it on. Jimmy Mack <laughs> scooping, scooping just about everybody there on our official Facebook page. you got to check it out. There's also a great community of folks commenting on things. It's a really safe place to go and talk about Star Wars. You're going to love it. That's at Facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio. Also, iTunes, that is a great way to make sure that you're downloading each and every podcast from us here at Rebel Force Radio, as well as the other shows that you can find on the Shot Glass Digital Network. We'd love for you to send or rather post a review. We only have one rule. Make it good. And the official website, rebelforceradio.com. And that is part of the Shot Glass Digital Network at shotglassdigital.com, Rebel Force Radio. The Clone Wars Declassifieds are up there. Bondcast, Snyder Marks Radio, ADH Divas, of course, Blackhawk Talk, if you want to relive the 2013 Stanley Cup Championship season. We'll also be making an announcement very soon about a bunch of new programming coming to Shot Glass Digital. We also got a Facebook page for that at facebook.com slash Shot Glass Digital. Gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Great times. Really good time. We will see you Next time, coming at you from Wizard World Chicago. That's it for us this week. Love you all so much. For Dan Curto and Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you always. I feel like a zombie right now. <laughs> yeah, you telling me, Billy D. Yes. All right. <laughs>